Well, thank you, Robin, for leading us in worship today. Will you pray with me? Oh God, we have gathered here at your invitation. We have gathered here because we want to meet you again, to invite you into our lives, to accept your invitation into the life you offer us. Bless us in this time of reflection. May this time nurture our spirits, open our minds, and bring us together that we might celebrate the goodness you offer us here at Just North, in our homes, in this gift of home we call the earth, for we pray in your name. Amen. First Sundays, a series of six Sunday sermons uh, based on two books, two books, two books that I've read uh, for part of my doctor ministry course. First one is Four Elements by John O'Donoghue. Anybody know John O'Donoghue, favorite of mine? He's a Scottish theologian, and um, he talks about the four elements, reflection on nature, as where we live, where we, we move, where we find ourselves when we seek and settle into being at home. It's in these four elements, these earthly elements, that we find home. And a brief quote from his book. The first moment of life is an exercise of breath. The first drawing of your breath was accompanied by a cry. This is what sets the rhythm of your life in motion, the ebb and flow of breathing, this holding and then release of breath akin to the rhythm and ebb and flow of the ocean as it comes into the shore, holds for a while, and then leaves again. Air, breath. The rhythm of life. And then the other book is the book we just finished in our Spring Web's uh, study group, Diana Butler Bass's book, Grounded, Finding God in the World. This notion that we have to look to the stars and look as high as we can and, uh, to seek God. She says, no, God, God is right beside us. God is among us. God is even within us. God is here. God has made the earth and seeks to be at home with us here on earth. She writes, God fashions the first human being by taking the dust of the ground into God's hands, holding it so close that it can share in the divine breath and inspiring it with the freshness of life. It is only as the ground is suffused with God's intimate, breathing presence that human life, along with the life of trees and animals and birds, is possible at all. We are at home with God, grounded here in the earth. So this is the second sermon of this series. Last month in May, we had a guest preacher, a professor of mine and my D-Men program, Reverend Dr. Emlyn Ott, and she spoke about Sabbath every Sunday. This idea that we don't have to just work as the fulfillment of life. This idea that we don't have to chase our goals is what's satisfying in life. This idea that rest is for somebody else, but not for me. We all need Sabbath. We all need rest. We all need time to just be, to be together, to be inspired, 
to be amazed, to be at peace, to just be in the world. And so we find the four elements that make up our earthly home, air, fire, water, ground. And today we begin to talk about air. I invite you to consider what is the role of air in your life, much like Linda Lee was encouraging us. What is the role of air in your day-to-day experience, in your, in your walk of faith, in your understanding of life today, life in the presence of God? What is the role of air in your life? That first book of the Bible, Genesis, it has two stories of creation. And Robin read just a couple verses of that first story. That story where God's breath moved over the waters, moved over and separated form from chaos, moved over the waters and created all that exists in this grand scale, in this global scale, in this complete scale. And then God declared it good, declared this home good, very good. That's the big picture. That's the big God we worship. That's the God who reminds us that anything and everything we find in this good earth is part of our home, is part of who we are, is part of God's delight that God called good. But then there's that that second story of creation we find in Genesis 2. Take a look at this. it's It's my favorite slide today. I wrote, the, uh, I wrote the artist to seek permission. He was delighted that I would ask. And he's a, he's a sheep farmer in Kansas. And he's a woodworker, and he apparently is a pretty good artist as well. And if you can't quite make out what it says there, it says down on the bottom, go on, Adam, breathe. And we have, we have God hunched over, and God's nose is almost touching Adam's nose, and God's breath just... just Breath is on Adam's faith, and God's breath is in Adam's mouth, and in the lungs, and in the veins, and in the muscles, and bones, and the nervous system. God's breath is infused in every pore and part of this this earth child. And that child springs to life with God's breath inside. If Genesis 1 shows us how big God is and we think how far away God is, Genesis 2 reminds us that God is as near as the breath on our cheek, the breath in our mouth, the breath in our lung. God desires to be that close to us. And then our gospel reading today. Jesus is arguing again with those detractors, you know, those who want a sign from him, those who want proof of his source of power, his, his authority, some assurance that his message is real and true and does come from God. And so, because, you know, Jesus has been healing all kinds of people. He's been feeding thousands. People are following him. And so he argues back. He says, take a look at the weather. Take a look at the sky. Take a look at the cycle of the day and the seasons. Look and listen to what the earth is telling you. It's the same message. It's the same power. It's the same message and power of God. Whether it's, whether the sun rises. What do you see? What do you seek? 
or when the sun sets, what do you reflect on from your day? Or when the rains fail and the drought parches your land, what is the source that sustains you? Or when fire threatens and destroys life, how do you reclaim it? How do you restore it? Or when floods wash away, what was yours? How how do you rebuild? What do storms that suddenly appear tell you? What do storms tell you about the power and the purposes of God? Air. I invite you to consider the role of air in your life. Well, let's talk about it from that scientific point of view, that one that I quite honestly don't know a whole lot about. But here's a picture of your lungs, and here's a picture of air probably with uh, seasonal pollens moving in, looks like, doesn't it? <laughs> so, but how does that work? How does that work? You know, we, 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 we breathe, we've got the sun hitting the flower, and the light creates photosynthesis, and that creates oxygen, and we breathe that in, right? And we use that. And then when we're done, we breathe out, and we create carbon dioxide, and the plant feeds on that. Isn't that how that works? Did I get that right? Did I get that right? I, I just soon talk it this way. Trees are good neighbors because they provide both good air to breathe and good shade in the sun. We're friends with plants because we share the air. We share the air. But air is not, not just good for breathing. I mean, how does air help us see? How does air help us see? Now, Somehow the light comes into the lens, and doesn't it flip upside down? Isn't that how that works? It flips upside down, and it goes back to the brain, and the brain flips it right side up, and it interprets it. So you can see what you see, and focus on it. And... But light is also a sense of space. And light is also a sense of delight. What else can air do? Well. They can help us here too, right? I don't, again, I don't know exactly how it works, but I hear that sound waves pass through the air, hit that eardrum, and bounce around on some bones or something, and then they move into the brain somehow. And again, there's that interpretation process. Is that right? Am I getting it right? <laughs> Feebly. <laughs> Feebly. <laughs> so I interpret what I hear, and then you know what? I interpret, I might respond with some sound as well. I mean, I might respond by talking. Or we might respond by shouting. Or crying. Or singing together. Or laughing together. And air is not just good for hearing and seeing and breathing. It also, that's our source of energy. Oxygen, oxygenation is the word I heard at early service. It feeds our muscles so that we can run together. So we can bike, so we can swim, well, or we can walk our dogs and talk with our neighbors, or one of my favorites, so we can mow the lawn all summer long, or one of my other favorites is check on Joy's tomatoes to see if they're ripening, hmm? Air, air, what role 
does it play in your life? What would be your personal story about air? I'd like to tell a few stories, a few personal stories in my life. I'm proud to tell you these are my three nephews, Andrew, Bradley, and Cameron. Can you tell their dad was a teacher, ABC? <laughs> Born and raised in Westerville. Uh, uh, Andrew's in the middle, uh, he's the oldest. And this is a picture from uh, his wedding down in the Caribbean several years ago. And here's his dear wife, Jess. He's a chemist. They live in Chicago. My first story is not about him. First story is about Bradley. This is Bradley and his wife, Aniko. They live in Columbus. She owns a natural herb shop. He's a freelance videographer. Pretty good, I hear. Produce some really cool stuff. And this story is about their child. They're in their early 30s, time to have a family, time to have children. And their child was born just two weeks ago. Now, this is not a picture of their child. But you can almost hear this little one, can't you? Breathe that first breath. Cry that first cry. Enter into the world breathing and sounding out, filled with life, filled with promise of life. Oh, my, that first breath. The first gift of life. But that did not happen for Aniko and Bradley. There was no first breath, no first cry, no live birth, but a full-term stillbirth. No air exchange. No cry. No air for me. First I heard it, sorrow just took my breath away. Air. We need air. Air from the very first breath until our very last. It sustains us. That first and primary gift that God gives us here. Second story, you'll find a, a blue uh, flyer in your bulletin. Second story is about Cam. Uh, Cam is a spirit and entrepreneur. He's created uh, Successful startups. What's that hot chicken restaurant? Hot chicken hangover. He was one of the starters. Whatever it is. <laughs> I got a hangover going on, I think. He was one of the starters of that. And what, what got him interested, what got him involved in that is who works it? The people who return from, from prison. People who've re-entered. Well, he's doing it again. He takes on these causes that are good and right, good for the heart, they're just. And right now, he's running across the country. He is the uh, CEO and president of People Objective. You can read that information on the back of your flyer. Basically, he's running across the country to bring awareness to this attitude we have. He wants to challenge the attitude about returning folks. He wants to remind us that people are first people. The air we breathe, we all breathe the same air. The hopes we have for our future are not unlike those around us. And yet the opportunities, the opportunities are hard for many. So he's running across the country. Here's his route, starting in L.A., ending in New York City. You can see that, that dot there in the center of Ohio. That's Columbus. He'll be stopping here. Here's a photo of him, I think either... Now, in New Mexico, maybe. Maybe it's in Oklahoma. It looks a little bit like Forrest Gump there. 
the big open sky, I'm sure a lot of heavy breathing in and out, lots of miles covered, lots more to go. And he also says he often has someone join him along on the route as he passes through town. He'll be in Columbus on July 11. I'll let you know details when he gets a little closer. Maybe we can join him for a leg of the run. In the meantime, we shout out, run, Cam, run. Run, Cam, run. And one more story. Actually, this one's not mine to tell. I learned about this from Dawn. I learned about this from Tess. Grannies respond. Grannies respond is this grassroots movement that started in the spring of last year in response to all the separation of all those families at the border, much like we had our first concert in response to that. And so they, they had their own caravan and they went from deportation center to deportation center. They've gone back home, but now they're starting a second run. Second run because what they're doing is they're inviting people of faith, people of goodwill, people who care, people who pay attention and want to do something to meet these families from the Greyhound bus. The Trump administration, if they got their papers, if they've got their court date, they put them on the bus and they send them across the nation with next to nothing. And so when they pull in the bus station, it's something when they can see folks like Dawn, like Tess and others, with food in hand, with diapers in hand, with blankets in hand, with warm embraces at hand, with listening ears at hand, with understanding eyes at hand. Crossing, crossing the nation, crossing the border, then crossing the nation, charting their route, seeking a new home an opportunity to breathe the air we breathe, to have that same opportunity to start again. And those routes are filled with mothers, with fathers, and sleeping children all along the way. I encourage you, if you're interested in helping, talk to Dawn. Talk to Dawn about that. Air. I've always liked this quote from President Kennedy, given at a speech at the American University in 1963. How many remember? Liz, your hand's not up. <laughs> For in the final analysis, our most basic common link is that we all inhabit this small planet. We all breathe the same air. We all cherish our children's futures. And we are all mortal. President John Kennedy, air. On Friday morning Bible study, we check in and then we breathe. So would you breathe with me? Breathe in and breathe out. Breathe in. Breathe out and breathe in and just keep breathing. Breathe. Breath of God. Remember to breathe. Breathe. Just breathe. 
breathe air. When God began to create the heavens and the earth, the earth was without shape or form. It was dark over the deep sea and God's wind swept over the waters. And God said, let there be light on the first and the second through the sixth day God created and on the seventh day God rested. And he called all of creation good, very good. That thin layer that blankets our home, the sky, the air. That wide open grandeur that invites us to look, to see, to explore, to find, to tell, to tell again, to celebrate life here, together, at home, on the earth. Whether a sunrise or a sunset, Air invites us into a radiant journey together. Breathe in, breathe out, just breathe. Amen.